This gathering of the Council of the Wise Developers will discuss the change to remote work. No more commuting, but even more meetings. Then we'll play a game. Given an unlabeled image, is it a tech office or a tourist trap theme restaurant? Then the head of the council, Enoch Wise, will interview the co-founder of a mental health app, Windsor. Is mental health an issue for people in 2021? On your feet, you are before the council. Welcome to the pilot of the Council of the Wise Developers. Here to discuss the crucial issue of the day, I have Morgan. Hello, Morgan. Yo. Hello. I have the blockchain. Hello. And of course, Gil Bates. Howdy. We're all developers. We're all working remotely. So now that we're a full year into the pandemic and um, everything's remote, um, do you like working remote? Do you prefer working remote, as apparently most developers do? Well, uh, I, I guess I'm going to answer first uh, because uh, I'm the person answering right now. Um, I'm going to say that, uh, yes, I do like working remote. Uh, it allows me to go and, and sit out over in the uh, desert and just uh, run my graphics cards for as long as I can during the day and just, you know, devote only what I need um, only to, uh, you know, getting out like that banner that I'm supposed to get. So, yeah, I would say that uh, I like working remotely personally. Um, for me, since I'm nowhere near a desert, um, I'm actually in the Pacific Northwest. I hope that's not too identifying. Um, just a major hub out there. Um, I will find you. <laughs> um i always had the flexibility to work from home i chose to work in the office because i'm a social creature i'm a human being and is this a humble brag it can be Uh, i know i know the tech world is filled with lizards so um a human being could be kind of a flex uh i do i do miss working from the office though i miss people i missed um working and um yeah i i just miss um just the social interaction part so i, I would like to go back to that i do definitely miss that part but no one walking up behind me and interrupting me when i'm wearing headphones and asking me for an update on my tickets though i could definitely go without that exactly um, I found that there seem to be more meetings now that we're remote. I'm curious what you guys, what your experience has been, what you think of this, because it seemed like there was always a natural speed bump to the number of meetings is that everyone wants to schedule a meeting, but there's only so many rooms at a lot of companies. But now that there's no room required, you can schedule almost as many meetings as you want. I'm curious if you've had it, anyone has had that experience. I think it depends on if you're a remote first company or you're a company that was forced to go remote, because if you were forced to go remote, I found that you would have more meetings. But if you are a remote first company, because you are by design, perhaps not on the same time zone as everyone else, then you are not going to have as many meetings, even just because of that time difference. How many companies are remote first, though, really? I don't know, but I'm told remote is the future. So all of them. I I believe that. That sounds good to me. I've seen a lot of uh, sort of extraneous meetings happening just because I think that uh, people just decide, oh, okay, you know, this will be, I think, I think people want like the illusion that that this, that this is like some sort of continuation of previous progress or something. So they're like, oh, yeah, let's all have a meeting like we used to. Let's just all pull everybody in a meeting. Everybody turn on your cameras. Let's see where you are. It's, um, uh, you know, I don't think it's particularly productive, but I think people just sort of are getting the, you know what it is? It gives managers the illusion that they have some sort of form of control, I think. It's like, oh, uh, I can summon these people and they'll show up. Um, whereas maybe before meetings were for more procedural things. You know, now it's just like, uh, let me confirm that you exist. Hmm. So meetings are a desperate attempt to give an illusion of control over one's destiny. 
yes, like I am, hello, other humans, you are human too, as opposed to just random bits of code that are being pushed to like a PR or something like that, you know? Yeah, I, um, I hate those ad hoc meetings. I mean, they happened a lot in person, but at least I was there when I'm working from home, like I'm home. So I work more odd hours. It's not the straight nine to five. I don't think anyone works a straight nine to five anymore. Yeah, who does? Come on. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I'm available at 8 p.m., but I might not be available at 3 p.m. just because I don't want to be. Um, but that's yeah. when people want to have meetings, and it's just, you know, it's it's tough to bring that office environment to the home setting. Well, I'm curious, um, for those who have had the experience of in-person meetings versus remote meetings, are remote meetings more or less interruptive to a developer's workflow? Or is it about the same? I would. I say mean, more. I would say less interruptive. I've, I've talked to people who just code. Well, someone's wrong here. <laughs> We're going to find out who. I Please think block, the blockchain, blockchain is wrong. I'm also on the more interruptive side. Remote is more interruptive, Morgan? Yes. Why is that, though? I think because there's no change in context. You're sitting in front of your screen, and then you're mm. sitting in front of your screen again, where in a meeting room, at least you get the energy of other people, even if it's bad energy. <laughs> is it easier to do other work during an in-person meeting than it is during a remote meeting, maybe? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you don't have to pay attention in virtual meetings anymore, right? That's a godsend. Um, yeah, you don't have to turn your camera on, right? No, I mean, you might get I'm shamed. Company. Yeah. In my company, you get shamed if you do not turn your camera on. What the fuck is up with that, where you have to show your face to prove you exist? you know you can't disappear in person but you can disappear virtually like imagine like in person if you could just turn your face off that would be right, incredible but 75 plus percent of the time i'm in an in-person meeting my face is in my laptop doing work that i would be doing even if i weren't in the meeting so isn't that kind of bizarre that somehow i'm more present because you can see my face even though i'm definitely not listening to anything you're saying <laughs> It depends on the meeting. On in my in my last team, we had a no laptop policy for meetings. We had to like put the laptops down because um, you had to. If you're in a meeting, you might as well not waste time. Otherwise, why have the meeting? Um, well, that sounds sensible. Cool. But anytime yeah. I'm in a no laptops policy, I find a way to put, pull up my laptop and just have it lower under the table or something, and then continue to work on whatever ticket I was working on. Yeah. Well. You can do that remotely. True. I think Morgan is onto something with somehow the because the context switch seems smaller. You're somehow you, the, the, there is bizarrely. I can't believe I'm saying this. Don't tell anyone I said this. But there is something refreshing about switching context to an in-person meeting to your mentality. I agree. Sure. I mean, right? It's like there's like, this is a time that I might not be doing work or you know. I can just like sit here and, you know, like whatever and go someplace and it's not expected that I'm doing something right now or whatever. All right. Well then, this isn't... sorry, go ahead, Morgan. Well, also meetings are popularly characterized as a waste of time. And at least when you're in a meeting in the office, people can see you're physically there. But I think when it's virtual, even though, in theory, meetings aren't a waste of time. And in theory, you're not the one deciding if you're getting pulled into a meeting. I think sometimes that burden of this concept of wasting time is passed on to you. So if you're in a lot of meetings, it looks like you're wasting your own time instead of doing your job. Hmm. Boop, 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 boop. Now let's hear from our partner, the Council on Big Data. You want to find customers for your corporate product? Your intuition is hopeless. Testing on a small scale with real people? That's for farmers! Turn to data science. Try loading reams of questionably gathered spreadsheets into an opaque software program. Now you can make sense of the world. Talk to your existing customers? 
That's not scalable. But 200,000 responses to a survey hastily cooked up by an intern? That can make you money. Data science is not actually a science. So officially, the theme of this episode is working remote, but it sounds like what we're really talking about now is meetings. Isn't that how it always goes? Isn't that what we really care about? And I'm going to go out on a limb and assume we'd all agree that there should probably be, as a developer at least, you know, we're developers, there should be fewer meetings. Does anyone disagree with that? It's a hot take. I don't like working. So, <laughs> Got well, it. We there. well, we're getting right to the bottom of this. Meetings <laughs> are a great way to not work. That, that is a benefit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I look forward to meeting days because it's like I'm not working today and no one can blame me for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, founder of the company, please tell me, please talk to me for a long time about like our corporate giving goals. This is a, uh, you know, it's like now I have an excuse for why I didn't do this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite stand up update is yeah, I was in meetings all day yesterday, but uh, I'll take a mm-hmm. look into it today. Isn't the whole purpose of a stand-up, just to begin with, the idea that meetings suck, and so we're going to stand so that it's uncomfortable to be in this meeting for a, as a long period of time? It's like literally physically the idea. Yeah, I'm I pretty think sure the some... idea is... Go ahead, Morgan. Is more that meetings are often planned poorly and people can't stay on topic, and so that's why you need the experience of wanting to sit down. But I don't know. I hate small talk. So if my day was all meetings, I would be pretty upset about it. Based on what the blockchain was saying before, it's something about how meetings is like you almost justify your existence. I feel like meetings are like a sublimation of small talk. I mean, it depends on the meetings, right? We're talking about vast. There, there are types of meetings where we're all supposed to ask questions and discuss things. And, you know, it's encouraged that we are constantly unmuting ourselves. That's like one kind of meeting. Um, and then there's another kind of meeting where we're just supposed to sit there while, while our corporate overlords tell us, you know, whatever we need to be told. And we're not supposed to ask anything unless you are like the one aggrieved department asking why you're not getting promoted or something like that. And that's about it. That kind of meeting, I don't mind. But the other kind of meeting, I think, is like a different form of meeting. Morgan, why do you hate small talk? It's a waste of time. I feel similarly. Does anyone here like small talk? Yeah, boy, I love small talk. Only because it's a waste of time. You know how I feel about <laughs> you meetings. Use your advantage, yep. <laughs> That's right. I enjoy small talk as long as it is in the form of like waiting for an NPM install to happen or something like that. I think that is a good, like, it's like, okay, this is taking a long time to install. What video games do you play? You know, uh, mm. et cetera. I feel like, like that isn't the small talk Morgan is pointing to. That's not what I think of when I think of small talk. I think of small talk is I bumped into someone in the office and instead of keeping my head down and continuing to walking and thinking about what I was already thinking about, I have to acknowledge this other person and speak to them. Whereas the blockchain, you're talking about actually killing time. Yes, I'm talking about killing time. I don't, yes, I don't believe in small talk for the purpose of small talk uh, any more so than is necessary to uh, uh, defer uh, the implication that I hate a person, truthfully or not. That's kind of what I'm getting at with meetings, is most of the time in a meeting, I'm not saying... This is a giant waste of time. I don't care about this task. I don't care what you people have to say. Whereas in small talk, I'm not saying, I'd rather be doing something else right now. Can I go? Instead, I'm playing along with this game of signaling um, performative relative position in the political hierarchy. I'm being such a developer right now. I'm thinking when people DM me and they say, hey, how's your day going? How's the weather over there? Oof. What did you do Oof. this weekend? Well, I hope you have a nice day. My favorite questions. Keep oh, it going. This is shit. Well, Music we all ears. know the best DM is when someone just messages you, hey, and waits oh for you to reply. God. Or the, 
Good morning. Oh my God. And you know, they want to say something else, but they're waiting for you to respond before they say what they actually have to say. My favorite is when they they say, say, how was your weekend first? Where they say, Hey, and then they also tag my name in the head. Oh my God. (laughs) Even though no one else could find it. Yes. So I get two notifications. Yes. That's what I like. Hmm. So I think what we're all agreeing on is we hate other people. Is that fair to say? (laughs) I mean, why else would we get into development? That's a good point. Well, I think the problem with small talk and the problem with meetings and often the problem with messy code is that people aren't talking or writing to communicate. They're just talking to dump information. Hmm. Wow, that was almost profound. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to uh, Custom Inc. right now to get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Now let's hear from our sponsor, the Council on Enterprise Project Management. Hey, Enterprises! Still going through your digital transformation that was supposed to be done two years ago? Don't you worry, the FEAR framework is here to guide you to digital excellence. FEAR stands for Focused Enterprise Agile Reformation. Does it take your enterprise forever to ship technology updates? Is creating new sites and apps causing malaise and stress? Have we got the solution for you? More ceremonies, more acronyms, more people to hire with Byzantine certifications. Fire your Agile coach. Hire one of our Agility Synergy Specialists. Who cares if it really works? Once the company has invested so very much in the solution, nobody will want to admit that it was all just a waste. The fear framework. It's far easier than admitting your organization is fundamentally broken. Generally speaking, though there may be advantages to in-person work, sounds like we'd all prefer to be remote because even though it might come with disadvantages, it lets us avoid interacting with other people more. Is that, is that a fair thesis? Would anyone disagree with that? Absolutely. I, I mean, would only I want to be. Yeah. I mean, I would only want to be remote in a remote first company. Okay. I, yeah, I like right. hopped on a bike. I was like, ah, oh, this is a tough day. I'm going to just get on a city bike. I'll be back in like 10 minutes. You know, I'll be back in like 20 minutes or something like that. And nobody cared, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. The blockchain, are you cool with using City Bike? I'm pretty sure that isn't a blockchain-based transaction system. It is not a blockchain-based transaction system, but the only way that it will ever be a blockchain-based transaction system is if I participate in it and slowly inculcate my goals inside the system. Well, hold on. We're, we're looking at this wrong. With City Bike, you got blocks and you got chains. We'll put them together. You see, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make a joke about something that's deadly serious, okay? You know, there's um, there's, there's going to be a takeover of this world. Visa right now is accepting Bitcoin in many locations, all right? You know, like Cardano just started training on Coinbase, okay? You know, we're looking at, all right, you know what, enough. I'm going to stop here before I go go off the the quote-unquote chain. Off the chain or off the blockchain? (laughs) Sorry, another joke. That's... I know how you are with jokes about so, yeah, If we only uh, had city bikes, then all the energy spent going into cars could be used to mine crypto instead. It's true. I actually have a uh, Peloton at my house that I modified so that it, it can power a graphics card so that it can mine, mine more crypto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're not supposed to call it cryptocurrency. It's supposed to be cryptocurrency, not crypto, but sorry. sorry. It's okay. I'll forgive that. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay, let's modify the proclamation before the world has changed after this meeting. So generally speaking, we should be more remote and every company should be a remote first company. Is that pretty much what we're getting at? I mean, I'll be a, I'll have, I'll have a voice of reason here. I vastly prefer being remote. But that said, there are probably things that not everybody should be remote for, you know, like, right? You know, like... I don't know if we're working with some sort of in-person systems that, that need to be modified, you know, uh, like Internet of Things or something. Well, not Internet of Things. I don't know. There's probably a use case for some companies not being remote, but I, I have, cannot think of that use case right now. I mean, honestly, I think best policy would be some sort of flexibility, like 
want to come into work come into work if you want to work remotely for three months like have fun um there's no I, I pressure to come into work I also think this thing where people are doing like working vacations should still be a thing too. It's um, uh, it seems very uh, cool. You know, I think a great way to make people feel like they want to keep working is be like, Hey, why don't you just go to, you know, Columbia for like a month and then, you know, and just code there and people will be extremely happy, you know? I would love to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got family in different parts of the country and with, you know, the pandemic, it's been nice to spend a whole lot more time with them as an adult than, you know, I, I ever would have normally. And it would just be nice if you get that sort of like pang for hanging out with family or just wanting to go somewhere new um, instead of coming to work every day. You could just be like, you know what, like I'm a work, you know, from my for my parents' house, or I'm going to work in Hawaii, or I'm going to go to a different country um, just until I feel like coming back. Work gets done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we have we have the tools for remote work, as we saw this year. Yeah. So we shouldn't be scared of it. And I think something flexible would definitely be ideal over, like, mandated um, working from home or mandated coming into work. Just anarchy. That's all I'm asking for. More anarchy. I think especially for people whose disabilities prevent them from working in the office in some way or another, that option should definitely remain. Yeah, absolutely. One of the reasons I got into tech was just the idea that there was um, uh, so much flexibility based around who you are. Um, I used to work jobs uh, working in like coffee shops and based on who you were or your identity, um, your uh, gender identity, sexuality, ethnicity, um, or even just your your lifestyle, tattoos or something like that, you might not get a job or you might be scheduled for less shifts. And the idea is that in tech, it doesn't really matter what you look like or what your credo is, in theory, obviously that's not how it works in practice. Uh, the idea is the quality of what you produce and also how easy you are to work with. So yeah, I, I think that, um, uh, making some sort of flexible remote work is definitely in, in uh, adhering to that or in going with the spirit of that. Yeah, I can definitely say as a douche myself, uh, it's been hard to be accepted everywhere, but um, being a douche in tech is very accepted. It's very common. Encouraged. Almost. Douche friendly it certainly space. does yeah. seem to be encouraged. <laughs> Promote that douche. All right. So I think the proclamation we should make is that more companies should be remote first. But only one final question before we make the proclamation. How do you know the company's really remote first? Like, how often can you be required to show up in an office before you have to give up that title? Hmm. I mean, I mean, isn't the idea of remote first, I'm, Morgan, maybe you know this better than I do, isn't the idea of remote first that a company is sort of founded to be remote by design or something like that? I think it's a different mindset. And the, the main factor is how much control do you really need over your employees? Do you need to see them to believe that they're being productive? Do you need an answer right away to every single message? If yes, then remote first is not for you. All right, but what if that remote first company hires a VP from some big bank and then starts changing the culture so that there's required periodic FaceTime checks? How much of that can they get away with before they're not remote first anymore? Sorry, I'll let you answer the question, Morgan, and then I'll say what I think. I think if a remote-first company hires a VP like that, the VP will have to change rather than the company. Fire the VPs. I'll, I'll say, you know, look, I've had friend, people who have worked at um, uh, good companies that used to be good companies. Uh, for instance, a popular uh, craft-buying uh, online store, let's call it something like Getsy. Oh, eBay. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, when the company that started off being very small, uh, yeah, or Freebay or whatever, uh, the, um, when the company started off being pretty small, it was later, it, since it was successful, it was bought by venture capital, uh, which is kind of inevitable in our society. Uh, though hopefully it'll be less inevitable as, uh, economies move away from investing in, uh, exploiting their workers and more into trying to get more imaginary coins out of the cloud. But the, um, uh, the, 
But the point being is that uh, as a company becomes more successful and it goes public or there's some sort of investment, there's more of a pressure to produce. And uh, maybe people come in who have less uh, idealistic values at some of these corporations. So that's definitely something to consider as well. I thought in the case of Getsu, some of that was governed by them being a B Corp. Uh, uh, yeah. That a is B Corp um, being a corporation dedicated to the public good, according to some. That was part of the, the model, but again, maybe at Getsy, they have uh, things have changed, maybe at some point. I mean, at the at the end of the day, though, um, back to the original question, FaceTime is important even in remote work. Um, you can work remotely, but if you don't see your coworkers in person, you might build up this image in your head of how they are from like the chest up, obviously, because legs don't exist in a remote society. And um, that can that can warp your perception in like working with them, assuming how they are versus like in person where you can see body language and really know how a person is like physically in person. Um, you know, again, as humans and not lizard people, we are social creatures. Um, but how much body language there... really happens below the You'd be surprised. The You'd navel. be surprised. A lot. Yeah, I guess There's you can't a... weigh things with how your feet are positioned, right? That's true. If they're away from they're, if they're away from you, I don't want to be in the conversation. They're my feet are away from people in every meeting. Go ahead, Morgan. Wasn't there a, a big news story last year about someone who was showing a lot of body language below the waist? <laughs> Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, uh, in, in terms of, um, how often that should happen though, like, it's not a requirement to happen every day or even like once a month, but maybe like a couple of times a quarter, you know, or maybe even, you know, just a handful of times per year. Well, um, if you, if you have like a good one-on-one -on -one cadence and you're meeting with people, in constructive ways, do you ever have to see people in person? Yeah, I'd say so. You can't drink beers virtually and cheers. I mean, you could, but where's the fun in that? Hmm. Well, I mean, I wouldn't argue, like, I think maybe off-site should still exist occasionally. Uh, that's a good place to drink beers with people. Yeah, if it's company-sponsored, the beer tastes better. Yeah, sure, exactly. But then Morgan and I have to find ways to get out of small talk. Can't you just That's drink true. your beer in like a small corner and ignore the dancing corporate mascots or whatever there are? I can drink a beer by myself any day I want. My uh, my girlfriend I'm drunk right now. To, uh, my girlfriend went to the WeWork summer camp that used to exist. Oh wait, I'm sorry. My girlfriend went to the um, uh, We uh, I don't know what what, what, what should we call it. They um, work. They work, yes, thank you. I uh, went to the They Work summer camp and saw uh, They Weekend play. Um, what's it called? Uh, um, and did uh, some archery and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, that was like a crazy thing. Now, I'm not saying that sort of debauchery should happen. Um, you know, we, but like some sort of making at least the whole, if the whole idea of an offsite is to build some camaraderie around uh, your the people in your workplace, I think that could still be a useful thing in terms of FaceTime. Well, I think there's more we could talk about here, but it's time to pass judgment. I say more companies should be remote first. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Mm. <laughs> was was that an extremely unenthusiastic eye or a, a uncertain eye? I think if a company can't pull through on remote first, it should not be remote first. I suppose in a world where all companies would be good at remote first, more companies could be remote first. God, I hate nuance, but you're right. If a company isn't remote, remote first, it deserves to be eliminated. Just putting it out there. Do archery upon it. I suppose as a developer on the Council of Wise Developers, I have no choice but to say that my judgment is it depends.
Here, here. Henceforth, it shall be written in stone that it depends. It's the most developer thing I've heard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the outcome of this meeting is... I'm a real developer. It's been, what, 30 minutes and the outcome is it depends. That's every corporate meeting I've ever been the to. The outcome is we need another meeting. <laughs> now let's hear from our partner, the Council on TypeScript Adoption. TypeScript is just better than JavaScript. Some people are out there arguing that there are advantages to duck-type languages without compile-time type checks. These people are historical monsters. You know who didn't use TypeScript? Rasputin. Now it's time to play the game that was advertised. It's time to see if you, Morgan the Blockchain and Gil Bates, can tell the difference between a tech office and a tourist trap theme restaurant. So, um, Morgan, could you please describe the image you're seeing right now? Sure. There is a large lizard with tiny hands and sharp teeth that appears to be standing in a cement building with glass windows and square lanterns. Hmm. So the question is, are you looking at a cropped screenshot of a tech office or a tourist trap theme restaurant? Well, if it was a tourist trap restaurant, I imagine there would be a more suitable environment for this giant animal. But since there is not, I will have to go with tech office. It is a tech office. Well done. The blockchain. Could you please describe what you're seeing right now? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm looking at a... Uh some sort of like f fake fern and some fake stones uh, along with some signs uh, that say Menlo Park this way. Oh, shit, I probably should have edited that out, huh? Should've yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, uh, and it's it looks like this is probably like some sort of like strange, it's surrounded by bricks. It's got like a sort of an obviously fake uh, printed backdrop. Um, so my guess is... Uh, uh, even though I'm tempted to say this is, you know, like some sort of micro, uh, uh, gigasoft themed restaurant, uh, it's probably a tech office. And you're right. I should have blurred out Menlo Park. It is, in fact, a tech yeah. office. Man, who runs this fucking show? Finally, Gil Bates. Oh, boy. Can you describe right. what you're seeing in this picture? Yeah, so what I am looking at is a very, uh, it, it, it's like an island cove. It's got um, a couple of bridges in the back, some fake palm trees, um, a waterfall, some stage lights up top. Uh, looks almost like something you'd see out of Pirates of the Caribbean. So based on that, I would say this looks like a tourist trap restaurant. Well, you're wrong. Actually, it is a tourist oh, trap restaurant. I was like, holy Oh, man, cow. who picked these pictures? It's, it's not funny at all when you guess it correctly. Well, okay, bonus, bonus round. The question is, did I balance out the choices or what? All right, did I stop sharing? So yeah, this one we'll do as a group. Final. Can you please, someone please describe what they're looking at here. Uh, okay, feeling. we got like kind of like weird blinky universe style like uh nebula in glass and then we have bizarre jellyfish lamps and stuff like that and like maybe i don't even know like strange leaf looking things maybe this is supposed to be like we're under the ocean i think um i think it's i think it's an ocean theme yeah there's also an aquarium in the right corner Ooh, good That's catch right. good catch yeah so the question is is this a tech office trying to help you save the oceans or is it a tourist trap theme restaurant trying to make you think you're under the ocean? This is a good question. I think this is the hardest yeah. one so far. I've seen an office that has a bar that looks like this, but I don't think that the lighting is conducive to work. So my guess would be restaurant. Ooh, based on the lighting, anyone disagree with the restaurant guess? 
I'm gonna guess yeah, that this wait. is a, a tech office. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm ready to be wrong, but the reason that I'm guessing is that this might not be like the office part of the office. This might be the bar part of the office that many offices have, where like people go to like drink or whatever, whatever silly thing. Gil Bates, uh, you're the tiebreaker. This is hard. I'm trying to like look past the lights and into the background to see if I can get any sort of hint, but you've cropped this one. It does look a little bit like a they work in the background, except for the lighting. Yes, it does look a little bit like they work. But isn't they work this fancy? Is the question. I've never seen a they work this fancy. This looks like they were still funded. (laughs) Yes, when they were still funded. More like they don't work, am I right? Um, Um... Fun fact, uh, the owner of They Work is married or, uh, to the, uh, what's it called, um, to the cousin of Penneth Gualtrow, who has that famous uh, lifestyle band, uh, lifestyle uh, brand Poog. Poog. Oh, Poog? Yeah, yeah. Poog, yeah. So that, a lot of the health and wellness stuff at They Work was based around that. Wow. Just based on that answer. Uh, I'm not sure. In my fictional universe, they are. Just based and on my that art, they're together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with restaurant. Final answer. Okay, so that's two for <laughs> restaurant, one for tech office. Well, thanks for ruining my stupid game. You're right. It is a restaurant. Ah. All right. Well done, Council of the Wise. Truly, the you ever earned your title. All right. I've taken. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've taken it. It's, I've been taken. Yeah. Damn it, the blockchain. I thought you were supposed right. to be reliable. Defeated the blockchain. <laughs> Look, the blockchain might be temporarily defeated, but ultimately, all of you are going to wish that you bought in. So, untrustworthy. That's all I can say. You might, uh, what's it called? Um, you should, you should weather the dip. There you go. Hodel. Yeah, you get well. What? Yeah, weather the dip. Hodel. Um, buy Dogecoin. Any parting thoughts before we wrap this meeting of the Council of the Wise? Don't DM people, hey. Boop, 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 boop. Now let's hear from our sponsor, Epsilon School. Epsilon School isn't just a coding school. Epsilon School is about economic empowerment. We're disrupting education to make sure everyone has the opportunity to join the new middle class through coding. Our incentives are perfectly aligned with our students. You only pay if you get hired. Our founder, Eugene LaCerta, is even out there on Litter and Spam Connect, offering to pay companies to hire our grads for a month. Oh, and, uh, diversity. We sell your income sharing agreements to ruthless predatory hedge funds, giving up all incentive to get you hired. Most students will never get a job from our founder's efforts. Please do not search on the internet for student testimonials. And now, for the interview segment, it is at last time. Let the leader of the council come forth. Enoch Wise is our glorious leader, a transhumanist 10xer on the spectrum. All of his algorithms are O1. Unfathomable are his microservices. Never shall we question his rhetoric or his financial incentives. I give you Enoch Wise. Hello there, I'm Enoch Wise. I'm here with uh, Rahat Chowdhury. He's the co-founder of uh, Whimsor. Uh, hello, Rahat. Hey, Enoch, thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Um, you you want to tell us what uh, Whimsor is and uh, what you do? Well, uh, Whimsor is uh, it's a mental health... Whimsor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Whimsor is a... Um, Mental health startup that I it was it started off as like a bit of an idea I had about a year ago, um, okay. kind of like based on some of my own experiences taking care of myself. And um, right now, it's an app uh, being built by a seven-person team, and we are hoping to release a beta very very soon. Um, what it does is it kind of teaches you different um, cognitive behavioral therapy techniques to combat some of the um, negative thoughts you might be experiencing 
you know, throughout your daily life and um, helps you deal with things. I like do rarely actually have negative thoughts, but I, I suppose other people do. Yeah, I think um, most people probably do have them. Huh. You might, you might be blessed, but yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, overall, um, we're, we're hoping to give make it sort of like an open door to better mental wellness and uh, okay. help people kind of like collaborate with therapists and psychologists more to help themselves. So, okay. Thank you for that. Uh, this company, uh, Whimsor, it's who, who is Whimsor for? Is it for software develop, developers? Yeah. Okay. Um, we're definitely catering towards software developers in the beginning. Okay. Um, it's built by a bunch of us. So, um, we kind of know sort of like the stresses and, um, the rough patches, you know, someone can go through with their mental health while in this career. So it's definitely aimed there first and foremost. Is, is mental health a problem for software developers? Yeah, definitely. Not just software developers. It's a problem for a lot of people. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of, especially in like tech startups and all that, um, the high stress environments can be very taxing on people. Um, you know, the constant deadlines, you know, everybody telling you to make your PR like yesterday and all that. Yeah, I, I usually don't have that problem. But uh, does does Whimsor have a dating app inside of it? So Whimsor is a uh, self-help app, uh, not quite a dating app. It doesn't really have anything quite to do with dating. It's really for self-reflection and, you know, helping your own mental health and, uh, you know, right, that type of thing. You, you can have that idea for free, though, because it's all sorts of free data you can sell to the data brokers if you just add a dating app to any app. So do you have any Thank you. Yeah, fundraising needs that, that, that might really move the, the investors? Okay, so I think I think I understand, though, the uh, the product you're trying to um, create here. What, working long hours can lead burnout right right but but only only people who work super long hours and survive burnout can create companies that will change change the world so so isn't mental health as, as you call it really only for people who lack the will to change the world well, i don't think so i think everybody whether they um you know go through um trying to ignore their burnout or ignore you know their own mental health in order to create something needs to at some point stop and, um, you know, catch their breath uh, and sort of do some self-reflecting, you know, kind of like throwing yourself into your work and only doing that isn't really healthy for you. Well, if, if the work is writing Haskell code, I mean, it sounds wonderful, but maybe that's just me. So, so, so it sounds like mental health care, it, it is worth the trouble for a company or an individual to go through all this care because at least it puts a programmer back to work sooner. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I can't tell you that the CDC estimates we lose about 200 million workdays per year due to mental health issues. So that's a lot. Oh. That's a lot of money that you're well, kind of put like... it that way. I'm very interested in mental health. Yeah, I thought that would, you know, get your interest, pique your interest just a little bit. Some uh, nut jobs on the internet say there's a, a mental health crisis because the uh, social fabric of the United States is decaying. Uh, how could a corporate-controlled state obsessed with quarterly profit and uh, automating away human revel uh, relevance uh, possibly not be good for society? Well, <laughs> I mean, we definitely need... Um... As much as we want robots to take over everything, I mean, we're still going to be here. Yes. We're, we're still, you know, existing in this world. Um, that, everything we do is kind of like, you know, e even when we have automation and all that stuff kind of running our lives, someone has to be behind it, building it, uh, taking care of it. So there's people in all aspects of all of that in technology. Well, hopefully programmers are in charge of it. 
Well, I thought I thought that was very interesting what you said about uh, automating people away. So the the technological singularity where where humanity leaves behind obsolete flesh and apotheosis into a, a computer god. Uh, Will Whimsor make that come sooner or, or later? So Whimsor isn't really designed to um, bring about any sort of technological, I guess, revolution or whatever. Um, it's really, you know, for us as human beings to take care of ourselves, to, um, you know, for reach now. out to, yeah, <laughs> uh, to reach out to, you know, um, you know, we're hoping to make it easier for folks to collaborate with, um, you know, mental health profession professionals and uh, just keep themselves in good shape mentally. Once I have uh, up, uh, uploaded my consciousness into a Haskell program, will I need Whimsor anymore? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Haskell can benefit quite a bit from Whimsor overall, um, you-, you know. Excuse me, are you suggesting that the programming language Haskell has a mental health problem? Well, um, no, but I think um, anyone behind it building it could definitely use it because I'm sure Haskell has caused many folks some mental health issues. So uh, moving on to your choices uh, as a co-founder, what kind of technology stack did you uh, choose for uh, Whimsor? So for uh, Whimsor, uh, we're building out our mobile app using uh, React as well as Ionic and Capacitor JS. So uh, that takes our React application and uh, serves it as a uh, web-native mobile app and uh, allows us to still use our you know web APIs that we're familiar with because we're all mainly web developers and uh, build out a mobile app from there. Why not uh, Haskell? Well, uh, I I don't believe Haskell um, is very useful in this specific situation. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. uh, (laughs) What kind of uh, cloud services uh, did you use? Uh, So we're using AWS, uh, specifically with AWS Amplify for a managed backend helps us um, you know, have authentication through Cognito services and APIs done on their uh, AWS, um, I think it's App Gateway, what, what, what it's called. I don't remember quite remember the name, but um, yeah, it helps us to spin up an API really quickly. Everything's saved to a DynamoDB database, which is great. Just curious, uh, did you consider maybe uh, building your own cloud in Haskell? We have not. Uh, we felt uh, AWS has, you know, done a pretty good job um, in that front. So, after after you build the uh, dating app extension, that's another free idea. You can build your own cloud. I Haskell. definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you work with other um, human programmers on this project? Yeah, there's um, four of us in total um, as programmers working on this. How could you replace them with uh, software? So we're not really in the um, whole... Uh, so I'm not really trying to replace them with software. You know, I oh. very much like working with them. Oh, They've been okay. a pretty awesome team. Interesting. Uh, <clears throat> oh, okay, well, <clears throat> very interesting. I wonder, um, people never used to care about mental health way like they do now. Uh, mm-hmm. could, could it be that uh, care, caring for your mental well-being is the, the, the last gasp of, of an industrial era relic? I think um, basically due to, especially now because, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic, everything going on, everyone's stuck at home. Uh, people are trying to, are starting to understand that, you know, their mental health is very important. Um, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of anything else that's important to you, um, whether it be work, family, whatever it is. And um, it's super important to, you know, be in the best state of mind you can be to 
you know, just function in a lot of things. How many uh, non-fungible tokens have you created uh, while we've been speaking? I have not created any, so to say. Um, I don't think I'm planning on making any of those. Uh, I I minted three already, but no matter. Uh, did you use Haskell? Of course I did. What what would you say to software developers out there who are, who are struggling with um, burnout, imposter syndrome, or, or other mental health issues right now? Uh, I would say a stay away from Haskell, and uh, b I would also you know definitely you know recommend um, you know if it's burnout. Um, the thing with burnout is like once you've hit burnout, you've probably been feeling burnout without realizing it for a while. So you definitely want to slow down sometimes. Don't take on um, more things than you can. And I say this as someone who takes on stuff all the time um, That's that I shouldn't be taking on. Um, I've gone through burnout myself. It's much easier to keep moving forward if you take the time to take care of yourself. Take a break every once in a while. Watch some Netflix. Don't worry about being a 10x developer. And, uh, you know, just go out and, you know, spend some time with your family and that sort of thing. Because taking that time to really do that um, helps you keep yourself refreshed and able to keep working on your, you know, whatever it is you're working on, whether it's going for a job, side projects, very for like be trying to build out a company. And um, yeah, I mean, I've, when I've experienced burnout, it took me quite a while to get back on to a place where I could actually, you know, start working the way I wanted to again. Um, but I've noticed taking that time, you know, a little bit to myself uh, here and there has been, has been helpful for me to keep moving quickly in the stuff that I want to do. All right, Rahat of Wimser. If someone such as a software developer wants to learn more about Wimser, how would they go about doing that? Well, you can learn more about Wimser uh, by going to Wimser.io. Um, you can sign up for our newsletter there, uh, and you'll be the first to know once our beta goes live, which is going to be real soon. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Wimser.io, and uh, we're also we have also got a LinkedIn page. You can follow us there too for updates. Uh, we've got a blog on Wimser.io, so if you're ever interested in learning more about the different techniques we'll be using in the app to help you with your mental health, we've got a bunch of articles there. And when should people expect the uh, the dating app subfeature to launch? I think that'll probably be further down in the roadmap. I'm happy to discuss it once it's you know fleshed out a bit more. But Fair. It's, Fair. it's probably yeah. not a priority. I've said that to a product owner before. I understand. <sighs> the Council of the Wise Developers is a satire podcast focused on technology. Our goal is to first make you laugh, but also to make you question what you already think. That means we may offend you by challenging what you currently believe. Shouting profanities at your screen is not discouraged. If you want to learn more about what we're doing, visit councilofthewise.dev. If you believe we've made a mistake in seeking our mission, we value feedback from our subscribers. Thank you for listening.